Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church. We are your local churchmen. My name's Josh, and I'm here with uh, uh, Jack, Jack-O-Lantern. Oh, oh, we're going oh, that route now. <laughs> yeah, I got a new one. I got a new one from Ed. So Ed Ed, Ed sent that over, because, you know, Ed, he, here's, here's something about Ed. One, awesome dude. Two, yeah. uh, one of the one of the greatest hype men this podcast has. <laughs> Three, a he is a savant, a savant, at, a savant at the curation of nicknames for Jack. He 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 throws out he he throws out gold, man. And and for this season, starting coming into the fall season, we're going Jack O' Lantern. Um, hold up, hold up. Little on the nose, but still, still, st- still good. Flavorful. Can can I just yeah. be Jack Skellington from? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I mean, yeah, come yeah, yeah. on, come on, yeah. people, give me some yeah. credit for being cultured here, which Corey yeah. was not, by the way. Hey, wink, Corey. Wink. Corey has never been cultured, and that was the uh, whole part of that bit. <laughs> That's why that existed. Uh, Jack, how, how are you? How are you today, man? Are you do- oh, oh, well, hang on. Before we before you yeah. answer that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we better be careful not to banter too much. <laughs> <laughs> you done messed up, people. You hey, you we clicked we, we, on we better, us. Let's let's keep this short and sweet because uh, apparently some people hate friendship. Banter patrol, <laughs> banter patrol out here. Oh my goodness. I love it. I love it so much. Say, hey, you know what? Jack and I are good friends. And like we love bringing y'all into that friendship. If you don't like it, if that doesn't bring you joy, man, you got find that 30-second button, start your own, I guess. <laughs> start your own podcast. Yeah, either that, yes, or you just hit 30 seconds, right? Jack, something happened to me today. Oh yeah. End to work. I'm I'm worried about you I, right now. I appreciate it. Thank you. I got rear-ended something fierce. 
I was at a standstill. I was I was about to merge onto the highway. This dude came out of nowhere and just he like it was man. I'm surprised my airbags didn't deploy, but he hits me hard, rocks the entire car. My right arm goes flying forward. I punch the steering wheel. So now my hand hurts, my arm hurts, and to top it all off, I get out, I get this guy's info, I get his insurance, get his license, get a picture of his license plate, all that stuff. The dude's like, hey, we can just settle this right now, man, 800 bucks and don't go through insurance. I'm like, I'm like, I know, I know, I'm like, I'm like, you know... I don't know what damage has been done internally. I think I'm going to go through insurance. And he's like, okay, well, I'll let you think about it. Okay. He, he's, so he gets my, I, you know, we exchange information and he, he sends me a message through, uh, 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 signal. And he goes, he goes, Hey, what did he say? He's, uh, he's, he's basically trying to get me to not go in through insurance. He's like, Hey man, just let me know, you know, if, if you want to do a cash only deal. And then, nah. and then he sends the thing. He's like, Hey, just so you know, I'm real, I'm, I'm good for it. And then he goes, this is not, this is not an admission of guilt. He says, this Bro. is not an admission of guilt, <laughs> but you know, if you're, if you're wanting to, you know, do cash, just let me know. And I'm like, you know what? The fact that you are pushing me so hard to not go through your insurance, uh-huh. you know what I'm going to do? Oh, I'm going I'm, straight for an insurance going, more harder. I'm going through your insurance with my guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what's happening. So anyway, my arm hurts. My hand hurts. But my car is okay. Uh, surprisingly, not a lot of cosmetic damage. With how hard he hit me, I'm surprised. There's a little dent on the on the back. Wow. But I think I think I need an alignment, though. Yeah, so probably that. That's, and did you check the bumper under the actual like fender? I'll I'll have them check it. Yeah. So all that all that needs to happen. But uh, I'm hoping to get I'm hoping to get an alignment, and then maybe 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 you know maybe a massage or something out of the deal. So, bruh, I said six months of massages. Hey, I want I want to go complain. straight to the cleaners on this claim, dude. <laughs> been waiting that. Been waiting for a claim bucks, like this. That eight hundred bucks go a long way. I, I I wanted to text the dude back. I didn't, but I wanted to have been like, you know what, man? Like for me to go a cash only with you, you yeah. it would have to be so much. Like I'm I'm talking like four or five thousand dollars. Yeah. Like give me give me more. Then I think I'm gonna even come close to needing, and then we can talk. Yeah, eight hundred? You kidding me, homie? Get out of nah, here! <laughs> I would say five or six grand. Get out of here! Right? I ain't yeah. going no eight hundred dollars. Eight hundred dollars. Hey, I'm not saying. I'm not saying I don't have a price. <laughs> I'm just saying it's higher than eight hundred. Eight hundred dollars is cosmetic work just at yeah, the exactly. auto body shop. That's gonna that's gonna pay for the paint. Yeah, that's nothing, people. <laughs> not happening. Not happening. So anyway, other than that, it's been an okay day. Mm. Um, Jack, will you please, will you please cheer me up? Yeah, and and, and you know, not not in a banterful way, because we oh. we wouldn't want to, we wouldn't all fall into banter now. Would please. you please cheer me up by giving us the reformatory cigar of the week, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? I don't know about boys and girls. I'm not encouraging no, boys not, and girls. No, 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 not boys and girls. Show. Nope, nope, nope. Eighteen or older, yeah. or or is it or twenty one and older? Uh, I don't know. What, depending what's now, uh, depending warning, on what state you're in. Warning label. If you are 18 years or older and it's okay for you to smoke in your state or 21 years of older, please follow the state uh, guidelines on that. That's right. <laughs> um, so I asked Josh, do you want a flavor or do you want a budget? That's right. And he said, and he said, give me the budget. 
but I'm a man because I'm a man of the people. That's I'm true. Looking out, I'm looking out for our people. But this is like a two, this is like a two for one. This cigar okay. is right. a two for one deal because this cigar is both good as far as price goes and really good as far as flavor. Mm. So I was really skeptical when I went into the cigar shop, and he's like, "Hey, man." Uh, if you want to try this, it's actually not that bad. And I'm like, I don't know if I trust it because this is from Dura State. <laughs> with with that <laughs> cell job, yeah, sure. Hey, you want? It's not that bad. Okay, so sure. <laughs> this cigar is called the Nika Rustica, which some people have hilariously called the Nika Rustica. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's Rustica. Um, pretty sure the your grammar and your enunciation of that word is wrong so the nika rustica adobe so this is the second iteration of this cigar they blended a previous one that i think it was like a maduro it was really i think it was a fuller maduro or something along those lines this cigar was very tasty this cigar if you are an avid cigar smoker I would recommend that you buy a box of these and then you just make this your daily smoke. Honestly, it's that, I think it's that good on price point. I think it's that good on construction. And I think it's that good on the burn as well, too. So, hit me with the particulars. It is an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper over Brazilian binder and fillers from Nicaragua. I'm, I'm telling you, you can't go wrong Intriguing. with Nicaraguan. Okay, you can't yeah, go wrong true. with Nicaraguan. If they put a ban on Nicaraguan... Get, get him like, hey, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> so <laughs> help me, Lord. Okay. Down boy, down boy. <laughs> so, the price points on this cigar, MSRP, I paid five fifty for a Robusto. Hey, there it is. $5 holla. People. Don't say we don't ever do anything for you, people. Five dollars and fifty cents. It is an MSRP. The like Robusto it. is five twenty technically MSRP. I like it. If you go up even higher, it's not really a whole lot difference. If you go to a Toro, which is uh, five seventy five. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't tried the Toro. I stick with the Robusto honestly because it's just really good and just really. A morning blend. I feel like it's a typical morning cigar. I had a black cup of coffee with this thing, and it was like magic. It was like a Disney movie in the forest, people. Okay? A whole new world. Exactly. Exactly. So that is the cigar uh, of the week. All right. Y'all be getting more fancier boutique blends in the weeks to come, but that yeah. one is a fantastic two one a one uh a one for a one for two for so to say there you go so all right you heard it here first folks the nika rustica <laughs> adobe go get it uh good price point good smoke enjoy that that is the reformatory podcast cigar of the week go and smoke to the glory of god all right jack here we go. Oh, yes. Rev the engines. Yes, sir. The, uh, the the cigar review is over. People have skipped it. The banter is over. People have skipped it. Now they're getting to the meat, the steak, if you will, of the podcast. The reason we are all here. 
Cute. Jack, well, we're going to talk about wasting time on the internet. <laughs> this is what we're going to talk about. Yeah. This, is, this was a listener request, um, and they asked us to cover it because uh, they do think that it is a topic that uh, that has a great amount of, of uh, application to the local church uh, today. And Jack and I agree. So what, what we want to talk about today is the importance for us as local churchmen and local church women, uh, the importance of not getting distracted in the times that we live in and being pulled away from the work that God has called us to do in our local church. Yeah. To, to preface this, uh, there's a lot of debates and a lot of controversies and a lot of conversations being had on social media over, you know, theological items, you know, and we're talking anything ranging from who you should or shouldn't read uh, because, you know, whatever reasons you have to who's a heretic and who's not a heretic. Uh, and there's name calling, there's gatekeeping, there's harsh and horrible things being said back and forth. And all of it culminates in the fact that in all of those instances, one of the primary things that is lost and neglected is the local church, right? And I'm not talking just those that are in pastoral ministry. I'm talking members as well, right? This 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 is a warning to all of us to not become distracted by the glitz and the glamour of the things that are trying to pull you uh, into kind of its 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 force field to put effort into, right? Because uh, we see a lot of it. And and here's the thing. Like, I'm guilty of this as well. Like, I need to be super careful. And I don't always do it well of <laughs> putting too much effort and too much time into something that actually doesn't matter, right? Yeah. And it normally happens on social media, right? So we see a lot of pastors, a lot of church members putting so much time, a lot of time, yeah. a lot of study and effort into... Uh, responding to folks, critiquing things, and it's all in the context of media and social media, multimedia, things like that, right? I, I want to preface all of this first by saying I'm not I'm not anti-media. I'm not anti-social media per se. I think that they are tools that can and and should be used to the glory of God and the advancement of the kingdom mm-hmm. and the benefit of the local church. But what I will say is that I rarely see that being the case and that yeah. being what they are used for, right? So this isn't, uh, and I know Jack and I did a, uh, we did a, a useless, I think we called it useless controversies episode back yeah. in, I want to say it was like May something of, of this year. So go back and listen to that one because that's going to kind of be more specific on, I think I think we did we did drop kind of the Aquinas name and that and stuff like that. But that that debate's still going on. It hasn't Bruh. stopped. If anything, it's gotten worse. <laughs> yes, it You has. know, if anything, it's just gotten even, even hotter. Um, so Jack and I want to encourage you guys and thereby a reminder and encouragement to us to not lose focus, yeah. to, to stay on the path, to put your effort and your energy into things that actually matter. And 99.9% of the time, those things are not found on your computer. So, Jack, I want to throw it over to you first and maybe pose you this question. Yeah. Why are we so easily distracted 
Like, <laughs> why am I, Jack? Why am I distracted when I see all of the debates and people like using Spurgeon in ways that oh, they shouldn't be using Spurgeon? And, and hey, hey, don't don't get me going on that, right? <laughs> don't get me going there, right? But I see this stuff and I have an automatic urge to like, oh, you do. I gotta like, I gotta get in there. I gotta get in that trench. I gotta put the gloves on. I gotta start swinging. Yeah. Why do I have such an an urge to do that. Why do you think? Counsel me here, Jack. I mean, there's so much right now that has influenced us to this point of culture mm. to where I feel like honestly, it's a it's a combination of um some people just choosing their tribe and whatever their tribe says. If their tribe says you got to pick up guns and fight, they're going to do whatever their tribe says. Mm-hmm. Um if you have this personal like fixation on a certain topic and it means something to you, once you see that, it triggers you that you need to make a response. Um, and we live in a 24-hour news cycle. We've been living in that 24-hour news cycle, I think, a little bit more analog way since the 90s. And it's amped up so much that everybody and their mother now has an iPhone. It's undeniable that everybody has an iPhone right now. And on that iPhone, you have <laughs> the three enemies of the faith. Twitter, oh, here we go. Twitter, oh, yeah. Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> it's not it's not the world, the flesh, and the devil, baby. It's Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, and Instagram right now. And I'm not okay, that's very jokingly, because I think those are tools. Yes. To actually spread the gospel and interact with people, right? But they're also tools that are used by the prince of the power of the air. Okay, yeah. let's not get yeah. let's not get side. The devil has his own. The devil has his own armor. Yeah, that, that he puts on. You you've heard of the armor of God, yeah. right? 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 We're talking the armor of social media. That's that's the helmet. <laughs> that's the helmet of destruction. That's the breastplate of uh, of of of, of uh, unrighteousness um, of us right of unrighteousness. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And the sword of slander. Um, and, so, oh, the sword of slander. So, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that we live in this time and in this age where you can't, you may not have a voice and your voice not be, may be amplified so much, but you can dang well take that voice onto social media mm-hmm. and just start sniping people. Yeah. And I feel like that, can give people like a dopamine kick. I mean, mm-hmm. it's easy to do. It's easy to go on social media. It's easy to see something happen and you just take pop shots yeah. and you get those dopamine uh, hits from taking pop shots at people that you don't like, that you may disagree with, but you're not going to treat them in ways of being a brother and sister in Christ. Mm-hmm. Or you use that by not doing due diligence and actually researching things and you just kind of like vent on social media about an occasion or a person and what that person's actual take on was of that person, but you actually have not done your research on that. And so I would say that part of this whole culture we live in with this and with this situation is the fact that deep down inside of us, we do not want to be held responsible. Deep down inside of us, we do not want to be discipled. Deep down inside of us, uh, hey, discipleship is for the church in the church building on the Lord's Day. 
uh, my Twitter feed does not get the same treatment as just me showing up on the Lord's Day with church people and church folk. So there is a, you are, I think we're treating social media as a demarcation of saying, get out of my private life, church, because I run my private life and you can't Mm -hmm. impose anything on my private life and what I say on social media. Uh, But you can tell me to repent and believe on Sunday. Yeah. So there is a clear misunderstanding and a clear either just rebellion against the fact that, hey, it's not just Sunday. It's every day of the week that we are the church. And transparency and repentance and everything under the sun does not end on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It still goes throughout every single day of the week. And if we just think that, oh, well, whatever I do on Sunday, if I'm not found in sin on Sunday, then I'm okay to do whatever I want. You done messed up, folk. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what to say other than that. But I think that people are treating social media as a clear demar- demarcation zone of nothing can touch me. I can say whatever mm. I want and do whatever I want, which is completely antithetical to the gospel and is completely antithetical to what a lot of quote-unquote preachers and teachers and pastors are saying to what they're actually doing on social media. So I think I think that's a fantastic point. And I think it goes, I mean, there's that old, I think it's a Chappelle skin where he's like, Twitter's not a real place. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. right. And, and, it's, and it's true, right? But, but I think we view it, we we do. We view it as kind of like this gladiator pit where all rules are off, and I don't have to follow the same rules that I'm called to follow on Sunday morning, right? Or the rest of my life, right? Yeah. So we have these these qualifications. Uh, whether you know, say say we're say we're you know um, elder pastors, right? We have these qualifications in Scripture that we are called to uphold in our lives. You don't get to check those at the door when you walk into Twitter. Yeah. Okay. And the same if even if you're not a, a pastor or an elder, all of those qualifications are still things to aspire to as a Christian. And we don't get to just check those at the door when we go into this fake place because it's like, well, I don't actually really have any consequences in how I'm talking to this person. Right? If you talked to your brother and sister in your local church like you talked to that person on Twitter, there, you would, you would like, you'd be sitting with the elders. Church discipline, y'all. Straight yeah, because it'd be like, it'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah. How, how? Why are you so harsh? Why are you so angry? Why are you responding to this person in this way? Why are you dealing with your disagreement in this way? Yeah. Right. And if we did that in the context of the local church, you hundred percent better believe I'm getting a text from one of my elders being like, "Hey, man, like, what's what's going on?" Yeah. But we don't have that accountability on Twitter. No. We don't have that on social media. So we let so so because of that, the flesh will do what the flesh does, and that's take over. Yeah. Right? Because we don't have that accountability. We don't have those people checking our, you know, checks and balances. We don't have that. Yeah. So now you have this place that I can say whatever I want, act however I want, and it's freeing. It feels 
good. It's that dopamine adrenaline hit of of one upping uh you know the the next person in the argument and seeing that little notification come on and clicking the notification and you know barely reading the person's text before you're already writing the reply and it's this it's this arena of no holds barred there's no rules whatever you want to say goes because nobody's really checking on you yeah and we like it because it feeds our flesh and it goes against everything that we are called to not do as christians it comes against self-control it mm-hmm. comes against mercy. It comes against gentleness. It comes against long-suffering. It comes against thinking the best of the person, even if we disagree with them. It comes against all of that. Yeah. Because that's what our flesh does. Yeah. So now, because this place is so addicting, because it feeds our flesh, we spend so much time in it. And when we spend so much time in it, we begin to, to take on the attributes of that thing. And we begin to see now pastors and church members interacting with each other on social media in a way that is not befitting of a Christian because that's what Twitter does. And when you spend so much time in it, you're going to become the thing that you spend the most time with. And if it's not your Bible, if it's not your local church, if it's Twitter, you're going to become Twitter. Yeah. Right. And that's the problem here. And again, please hear me on this. I, I'm preaching to myself right now. Yeah, This is something that I need to be slapped in the face with because I realize and I see it in myself. I see the addictive tendencies. Look, I've been in, in, in biblical counseling long enough to know what the, the, to know what addiction looks like. Yeah. And I can see it in myself. Mm-hmm. I can see the, the need the precursors, and, yeah. And uh, yeah, I can see it. You know, I was just talking with this, uh, uh, to a friend today on how I have set a rule for myself. Yeah. And for the most part, you know, a few outliers here and there that I'm ashamed of, but for the most part, I have followed this rule diligently and I pray the Lord gives me the grace to continue to follow it. I don't debate. Yeah. I don't, I don't respond. If I see the conversation going into i into a debate i will either ask if it can be taken either privately or better yet like in per, you know uh like zoom or something like that where i can actually see that i've never been taken up on that go figure <laughs> or i'll just stop responding yeah and again i'm not perfect at it i i've i've failed at that but that is a rule that i tr- that i set for myself and i try to follow just because it's not the place mm-hmm. and it's and and at the end of the day what's suffering that time that I'm spending debating people that I don't even know and don't even have a real relationship with on Twitter, I could be using that energy. I could be using that 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 intellect that the Lord gave me. I could be using that desire to to you know to to make something known. I could be using that for my local church. Sure. But instead I'm throwing it into the furnace of Twitter where it burns up and it does and accomplishes nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, a huge thing that I try to do, or I try to ask, for instance, like, there was like a comment this morning on Twitter where somebody said, hey, does anybody have this experience with like messianic congregations? And I'm like, uh, it could be a good, like, maybe this is what I perceive, but I'm not saying that's the absolute truth of those congregations, you know? 
This is my mm-hmm. perception of it, which is good. I think that perceptions are always good, and asking those clarifying questions is always good. If you're on a, like a discussion or like, hey, this is what I've seen, not to say that it's like the same thing across the board. So that's an inter- So there's a difference between inquiring and having a disposition of asking a question versus I'm doing this to like scorch earth somebody. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. And I mean, let's be honest, like, I think that we're in a, a place in time where we're just basically trying to recreate like the epistles to the Corinthians at this point. There's teams. Those teams have their, they're basically their leaders. We get drafted onto those teams somehow by some way. And then we just start waging this campaign of divisiveness within churches and denominations and in North America because I honestly think this, we cannot get over this, like, we need to be in war kind of mentality, mm-hmm. and I need to wage the battle, and I need to wage war against all the unbelievers and all these people that don't agree with me. I think that that's kind of what we've seen for the last 20 years, too. I mean, the last 20 years we've been in Iraq and Afghanistan, and I feel like a lot of us just internalize that. Like, a lot of us couldn't go to war, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to war with people that don't actually believe what I believe. Um, so, yeah, I think some of it is just kind of internalizing situations where you can't be a part of a certain thing, so you have to do it in other ways, but... Yet again, too, it's just, it's foolish. I think it's foolish to try and go on social media and to try and try and spend your time on there just trying to insult people or trying to take screenshots of what other people are doing. It's like, look at this idiot. And just try to, like, drag them through the mud. It's just not, it's not helping anybody. Yeah. It's not being productive. It's not causing unity. It's not doing anything other than you saying and trying to get across the point that this person is a heretic and actually you're the actual true bearer of the faith in a sense. Mm-hmm. So uh, this has been a helpful barometer for me. And this, this, this helps kind of keep me, keep me grounded in, in helping me to not not become distracted by these things that, that that are trying to pull trying to pull my my affections away, right? So a good barometer for me to decide whether or not an issue is worth putting effort into, right? Or whether or not it's it, it's worth my time, my effort, my energy, my devotion, right? Mm-hmm. Is whether or not that this particular issue has real practical application and consequence within the local church. Hmm. Is this going to benefit or harm my people somehow in a real way? Now, now you can't just take that and be like, well, I mean, bad doctrine always affects people. So any bad doctrine that we come across, we need to come against. Like, okay, true, bad doctrine does hurt people. Uh Okay. But there's a difference between you know, saying pull on the bad doctrine and spraying your buckshot everywhere yeah. versus 
dealing with the specific issues of your local church that are affecting your people. Okay. We are not called to deal with the specific problems of the church corporate. That's not our job as, as local churchmen and local church women. Mm -hmm. We are called to commit to our local church, right? And the problems and issues that are there within it. So you need to ask yourself this, you know, whatever the debate is, right? Whatever the controversy is, am I seeing this manifest itself in my local church? Yeah. You need to ask that first. Mm -hmm. If the question is no, in my opinion, probably not worth putting your effort into. (laughs) Yeah. Now, if the answer is yes, then you need to deal with it within the context of your local church Mm -hmm. and not attempt to wage a holy war on Twitter where that's not where your congregation is. Yeah. Right. If you're seeing a particular issue, right, raise its ugly head in your local church. That's your cue to then go to work. That's what you got to do because it's in your church. Yeah. Right. But never once. And again, I know like I will use this as the example because it's the hot topic right now, but you can apply this to really to really any most controversies on Twitter these days. Not once has whether or not someone needs uh, can or should read Aquinas, not once has that come up in, in any of my counseling sessions. Yeah. As I am trying to help these people that are coming to me for, for, for comfort, right, mm-hmm. and for correction, n- not once has that come up. Not once has my opinion on, on Aquinas uh, made me a better pastor— or a better counselor to my people. It's just not applicable. Yeah. Right? It's it's so far removed from reality. And I just feel like we have this like upper echelon of massive intellectuals <laughs> that that love debate and love getting into the nitty-gritty of all the theology. And look, you can be so intellectual in your theology that it that it renders it useless to your local church. Mm-hmm. Right? And if you come to the point to where you're engagement and your level of, the, of of engaging in theology is so aloof and so high that it loses its pra- its ability to be practically applicable to your people you got to back off yeah and i'm not and look this is coming from i'm a theology nerd i love theology i think theology is vital we need it but it has to be practical yeah it has to have application Otherwise, you're speaking in the tongues of angels, my man, which we don't know what that is, but you don't have love and it's a noisy gong, yeah. right? And so I think having that barometer I have found really helps me and it's something that I want to encourage our listeners to to maybe make part of kind of how they judge whether or not something is worth putting their time and effort into um, because I don't see a lot of applicability in my experience in in ministry with 99% of the debates that happen on Twitter i just i mm-hmm. just don't i just don't see it yeah i think one thing that's pretty interesting that uh i'm now kind of learning as well too so i think i think some a lot of churches that we may know of use this method in bible study which is called the reap method uh read examine apply and pray I think we should start doing that in regards to like controversies possibly. <laughs> uh, 
We need to yeah. read what's going on. We need to examine what's going on. And then we need to ask the question, does this really apply to my local church and to, to me mm-hmm. in a very significant way? And then we also need to pray because that's what we yeah. need to do, like straight up. And so I think we should probably start doing that and applying it to all the stuff that's happening on social media as well that could possibly benefit us because there are certain subplots to main discussions that people don't talk about. So the whole thing with Aquinas sometimes, you could just focus on we don't need to listen to that guy, but a lot of the undertones that you're missing out on are how do we actually like read scripture and actually use hermeneutics? That's what is solely missing in this conversation. A lot of people just say he was associated with the Roman Catholic Church, thus he's a heretic, thus get out. So that's like the main stage kind of thing. But the mm-hmm. if you start to peel back layers, there's more to it than just that a lot of the times. And so a lot of that takes reading and examining and asking the questions and application and then praying. And if we aren't doing that with certain situations that we're going through, you are just going to be apt to pick up your, your Tommy gun on Twitter load that thing up and just start spraying, (laughs) spraying comments, spraying anything because you want to hit anything that doesn't look exactly what like you say it. And I think that is a huge enemy of growth a lot of the times. And if we have this idea that we have absolutely peaked in understanding every single thing of godly wisdom and biblical wisdom and everything, if we think that for one second that we've reached that pinnacle, I think we have done great sin and disservice to what the Lord is calling us to. And that is, like John the Baptist said, is for me, for you to increase, I must decrease. Mm -hmm. If we don't have that kind of posture in our local church, and if people don't see that time and time again from us, there is some serious ramifications for that. And I yeah. think we're seeing that daily on just social media, honestly. So, yeah. Man, yeah. Cosign on that, man. And it's, look, and we can we can wrap it up, but I think one of the main things that saddens me with the state of, you know, how we engage, you know, basically just everything we're talking about is it creates camps and it creates enemies where there is none. Mm-hmm. Like, I have friends, good friends, friends that I love dearly mm-hmm. on both sides of this argument, mm-hmm. on both sides of this debate. I have men, you know, that I have learned from that I care for deeply on both sides of this argument. Yeah. And what Twitter wants me to do is take a side. What Twitter wants me to do is renounce one and join the other. Yep. What Twitter wants is that if, what they say is you're either for us or you're against us. Yeah. Right. That is the posture and the position of social media. And, and, and we have bought into it and we don't have to. Mm-hmm. We have forgotten 
what binds us together as brothers and sisters. And it's not your opinion on a on a Catholic writer. Yeah. It's not your opinion on who you can read and who you can't. Yeah. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's the fact that he brought all of you together with your different backgrounds and your different convictions, your different uh, ways of ways of, of 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 you know of applying scripture, he brought you all together, and he says you're family. You're united. You are one church under the banner of Jesus Christ and His glorious gospel, and we want to throw mud on that banner, we want to tear the banner down, and we want to set up lines, set up camps, and have a civil war. Yeah. That's what that's what we want to do. It's, it's our natural inclination. The blood of Jesus Christ is thicker than anything that this world has to offer that, 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 that can unite. And my friends, when we, when we, interact like this on social media when i see the really big names and the really big names out there slinging mud back and forth i want to i want to get them in a room and and knock their heads together and just say you're brothers Mm -hmm. jesus died for both of you you need to love each other and not see this thing as 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 worth dividing over because it's not yeah we aren't dealing with matters of of whether you're a Christian or not. Yet we treat it like we are. And the relationships that could be are made impossible. Because, oh, well, he believes that in that camp, so I can't really associate with him. Or he, he you know, she, she thinks this about that theological topic, and I know that this person that I'm loyal to says that you really are, a, you know, a backsliding Christian, or don't take, you know, the Holy Spirit seriously, or don't interpret Scripture correctly if you think that. So I'm really not going to, you know, associate with that person. And all of the relationships the incredible relationships, God-giving, gospel-glorifying relationships that could be are are taken away because of the lines that we have put up. Yeah. And my friends, if we did that in the context of our local church, think about just how horrible and awful that will be. But we need to understand that our conduct on social media, the way that we interact with people on there, it will not remain unchecked. It will not, you can't keep that dog in its cage. Mm-hmm. You can't keep that mentality and that method of communicating and interacting. You can't keep that confined to social media. It's going to bleed out. Yeah, It's going to bleed through. And then before you know it, you're going to start talking and interacting to uh, in that way to your brothers and sisters in the local church. And you're going to see very quickly how damaging those relationships will <laughs> how much damage will be inflicted on those relationships yeah because we have allowed our flesh to take over and remain unchecked in this one area of life yeah and this is something that i gotta be so careful of because it is so easy it is insidiously easy how smart how, how quickly we can fall into feeding the flesh and how quickly our flesh will make us think that we're being humble and that we're fighting the good fight. Yeah. 
when in reality you just are feeding your desire to fight. Yeah. And your desire to debate and your desire to get that dopamine hit. It's not actually coming from a place of love. It's not actually coming from a place of wanting the wanting the 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 good for your brother and sister. Yeah. And man, I see this in my heart and I have to like I have to kill that, dude. I have to kill that flesh because it is so sneaky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that's our encouragement. You know, is is we need we need to focus on your local church. Twitter's not a real place. You can just leave. That's the great thing about this entire thing. Yeah. You say, "Well, what's the what's the remedy?" <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Leave. Yeah. You don't you nothing's keeping you there. You didn't sign any contracts. They're not paying you. Yeah. Just stop doing it. Yeah. And put that energy and that focus into the people that actually matter. Yeah, I think one final comment that I'll say is this is that if you look at the early church and who comprised the early church, there are two figures that should have never been at the same table together. And those people are Matthew and Simon. Mm. Matthew sold out to the Romans and was a tax collector. Traitor. And people thought that he was turning his back on his people, on the Jewish people, by working for pagans and collecting taxes for them. Yep. Then you have Simon the Zealot. This dude is full on, we need to take back what's ours, and what's ours is the land of Canaan. And these people Mm -hmm. are in our land, and we need to expel them right now. Yeah. By some divine miracle, both of those men were saved, redeemed, they were shown mercy and grace and sat at the same exact table, believed the exact same thing, and continued on the exact same mission that Jesus our Lord gave them, and still, still, of what I know, nothing happened. (laughs) Nothing, punches were not thrown. Uh, I'm sure comments were slung here and there, but you don't see that in Scripture. What you see is them sitting at the table and continuing with the Lord Jesus on the mission to proclaim the gospel. So I don't know if we just need to sit at a table and figure this out somehow, if it's happening in your local church or what, like Josh said, but if those two radically different people can be saved and purchased by Jesus and by our triune God to fulfill the great commission and to live out the faith, I'm pretty sure Everybody who claims to be a Christian claims to be a Christian who is following the tenets of Jesus and following the faith that was once delivered to us. I feel like we can still get together and still love each other in that way if those two guys did it back then. And those two guys were antithetically enemies of each other. Yeah. So... If Jesus says love your enemy and your neighbor, well, obviously they're both on Twitter, so how about we start at least trying to do that? Man. Just a little two cents. (laughs) (laughs) That's a little bit more than two cents, my guy. (laughs) You got me feeling things over here. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. I, yeah. 
I got nothing else, man. That's it. That's it. The world wants you to hate each other. And the world has crept into the church and says you need to hate each other. And Jesus says, no, I have bought and paid for you with the exact same blood. You are brothers. You are sisters. You're his. You're Christ. You belong to him. And we need to act like it. Mm-hmm. Jack. Weighty stuff, people. Weighty, Weighty stuff. stuff. Good stuff. Encouraging stuff. Mm. Can be discouraging, but be encouraged. Like you, We know what to do. Yeah. And we have Jesus standing before us and creating the good works for us to walk in. And let's start walking. Let's start walking. Yeah. Jack, my friend, why don't you get us out of here, man? We have gone uh, much over time. Yeah. But with that, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to dialogue with us and yes. not sling mud or take pop shots at us on what we call the sociables that can be used actually for good interaction and communication and spreading of the gospel. You can follow us on those platforms and you can interact Mm -hmm. with us and you can dialogue with us and hopefully not take pop shots at us. (laughs) You can find us on... I just won't respond. (laughs) (laughs) It's my rule. Following my rule. You can find us on the tweaker, the Twitter, the little blue bird site. You can find us on the Instagram, if you will. Goes well with chocolate and marshmallow. Or you can find us on the multiverse, which what feels like is creeping into reality more and more every day. You can find us on all those sociable sites at the tag at Reformatory Pod. And Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they might continue mm-hmm. to dialogue with us, uh, give us maybe some patronage, if you will. That's right. So on and so forth. That's right. If you are um, appreciative of this podcast, and Jack and I's attempts to make the local church central in the life of the believer. There are multiple and many ways that you could help, that you could support, that you could encourage us. Um, one of those ways is by giving us a like and review. Especially if you're on Apple, you can scroll down. Scroll down and give us a little five-star action. A little five stars for five solos. You can follow the lead of a newly review, a new review that we've gotten from C Dibs87. A five-star review. Oh boy. C Dibs? C-Dibs87, we see you. Mm. We see you. Your name is Hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. It has been hallowed through the halls of this podcast. You can head on over to Patreon. If you're not a cigar guy, but you thought, man, $5, that does sound like that. That's a deal. You could take that $5. You can make that a $5 holla Mm. every month. Support us on Patreon. And yet again, your name shall be Hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. That is our pledge to you. Last but not least, you can head on over to reformatorypod.com. Get yourself some local church merch. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. We appreciate you guys doing that. We love you guys. We're thankful for you guys. We appreciate you. And we will catch you on the next step of the Reformatory. Reformatory.